From Eden by Fraud, Volume 6, The Tape. Songs and Charades. I take the fabulous TGV to Lyon from said Gare de Lyon, there now safely and without further trouble arrived, and change to another ordinary train to Grenoble, where I get to Anne's at 1 p.m. and meet the others. The others are certainly Magda, my flatmate from London, whose friend Anne is, and Magda's dancer friend Ross, who, like her, is from Glasgow, and whom I have met on one or two occasions before, fancying ever so slightly, but getting from him principally polite indifference, which doesn't trouble me more than about to that same level, just ever so slightly. There may have been other others, but I wouldn't be certain now who, and the tape here doesn't elaborate, so maybe there weren't. What the tape does tell me is that I now experience a wonderful sequence of days. I have virtually no recollection of this, but according to myself, we spent the afternoon playing charades, this sounds entirely plausible, knowing Magda, and in the evening we hook up with some friends of Anne. In my still and always a tad cautious, somewhat incongruous English, I describe this as so enjoyable, so nice, as we go out for a meal and have lots to eat, lots to drink. Then, after dinner and drinks, we get back home to Anne's and sing songs. We go to bed very late, at four in the morning or so. I can imagine this vividly enough, but not remember. I do remember what comes next a bit. It's a very slow, very lazy, relaxing Saturday. In my memory, it's a Sunday, but that hardly matters. The weather is very cold and it's raining, which is a good excuse to stay indoors, I record, though this bit again I no longer remember, and play more charade. What I do remember is doing or helping with some washing up and looking out of the window into the cold grey weekend and feeling properly chuffed. That glow of contentment, a little hungover, I remember it well. Only now it occurs to me that that was another occasion entirely. That was Glasgow, where we spent Hockmany one year possibly the same year, with essentially the same people, Magda and Ross, and quite possibly also Anne. The blurring of the past in the mind over time. In the evening, more people come around and we sing more songs, play the guitar, drink a lot. And by the time I actually record my next entry, it's Sunday, a couple of extremely pleasant days having passed. Sunday, I also have an actual recollection of. The weather had turned fine again, and we took guitars, I imagine there were at least two, out to a little pond, where we all of us sat on the jetty and sang songs in the sun. This, really, is the second enduring memory I have of the whole trip, after the friendly Parisian coming to my rescue. It's a hazy memory, and in my mind, it looks exactly like the kind of 1970s or 80s film where, to tell the audience that something is being remembered, the picture goes all diffuse and vastly overexposed. It's a warm, light, 
comfortable glow, just not very clear, not at all distinct. Then again, it doesn't have to be. I've just told the tape that Magda and Ross are going to continue their journey tonight. Where to, I don't say and don't remember. Whereas I will stay on for another day and then continue my trip to Italy. Magda walks in on me, possibly having heard me talk to myself, which in an age before mobiles is not the usual thing for someone to do. And with that mix of curiosity and concern in her voice, that makes it go a little high-pitched, asks me, what am I doing? I explain to her that I'm recording an audio diary and that I'll be able to play it to her at some point, though I don't think I ever did play it to her. I don't think I ever played it to anyone. And now that I'm listening to it for the first time in 28 years, I keep getting that sense of near sacred wonder, songs and charades. Songs and charades. It was a blissful time. I know it was, because although I have hardly any recollection of it, I have a recording of me talking about it. I'm not effusive in my joy, but I know I'm living through another best time of my life. The first one, surely, was at the Gymnasium Münchenstein, where I spent one and a half years in near comprehensive, intensive, fully lived happiness because of the people I was at school with, because of the projects we were doing. We performed my first play and took it on a mini tour to Zurich and a place called Liestal. And it was a tremendous success with the audiences wherever we went because of the discoveries, the newness of it all. Pay too, yes, now and then, but not much and not lasting and not beyond what you'd expect in your final years of growing up. The classic freedom of not having any responsibilities yet at all, but being able to follow your inclinations, to travel, to drive on a whim to Munich and back in a couple of days with a girlfriend who was then almost my girlfriend, to experiment, to be cool, to make a statement and feel good about it. I'm certain we knew then that we were happy and privileged and hopeful and young. And we still knew it almost as much in Grenoble that weekend in August of 1988. The notion I keep coming back to, unencumbered, at ease, with ourselves, with it all. I'm glad now I have this tape. I shall keep it, of course. And if I'm around and still have a machine to play it, then listen to it again in another 25 years or so. I have a feeling it will sound no different. It's endearing, to me at least, to hear me like this. But it is so remote, so unrecognisable. I'm listening to the stories of a young man I barely know at all. How strange, how fascinating too, but how odd to not more deeply feel connected. As someone who thinks connection is everything and that everything is, in fact, connected.